Hey, this is Clara. This is Liz. And we are Decently Mentally Ill. Decently Mentally Ill. Yeah. I think that's a good way to describe our situation. Welcome to the Psych Ward. This is a content warning for the following podcast. Full disclaimer, we are not trained therapists or skilled in any way. We are just talking about our personal experiences with mental health. The following content may be triggering for some people. We talk in-depth about mental health as well as eating disorders. It is our purpose to create a safe and educational space for you. So a little bit more about the name. Psychiatric hospitals used to be referred to as psych wards back in the day. So the term psych ward has a very negative connotation to it and a big stigma behind it. And so we basically wanted to reclaim that as two people who struggle with a lot of mental illnesses. (laughs) Before we get started, we want to talk a little bit about ourselves personally so you guys can kind of get to know us. I know a lot of you guys, if you're coming from TikTok, you probably know a decent amount about me, but just a quick refresher. um, I have been diagnosed with ADHD, BPD, and I have recovered from anorexia, so that has been my personal struggle struggles with mental illness. Most of you probably don't know me, but Claire and I have been best friends for like, what, 12 years now? 13? 13 years now. We go way back. I struggled with eating disorder in high school, and I've recently been diagnosed with OCD. Um, I've always struggled with anxiety, and I've been struggling with depression ever since I moved to Nashville, but I'm finally getting it under control, and I think this is the perfect time to share my experience with everyone. Hell yeah. So, Liz, I had a question to ask you, and I want to get your authentic reaction here on the podcast. When did you know that I was mentally ill? (laughs) Definitely middle school. Some of the things you would say to me, I'd be like, oh, I've never heard anyone say that before. (laughs) I would honestly agree that in the sense that like when I met you, I realized you were pretty unlike any other person that I had ever met. For anyone who wants a visual, explain your your aesthetic slash everything in high school in one sentence. I was like, hey guys, I get all my sweaters from Goodwill and everybody was like, why? One of the first words that came to mind was oversized sweaters. And part of that was actually the anorexia. Like, I didn't really want anybody seeing my body. Liz in uh, middle school was really school-spirited. Imagine this history club was putting on, like, a reenactment of the Civil War. Like, Liz is gonna show up in, like, full Civil War clothing. Yeah. What I've slowly realized is I kept myself so fucking busy. Can we say fuck? Yeah kept myself so fucking busy in high school because I had a serious anxiety problem. Definitely had OCD, but I was like, oh, I'm gonna keep myself busy 24-7 because I don't want to deal with my mental illness. Yeah. So to give a little introduction into what this podcast is exactly going to be and a little bit more information, it's gonna range everywhere from giving you techniques to handle your anxiety better to just anecdotes about our lives and about the crazy shit that we've done throughout our lives, honestly. Definitely. And I think combined, we've done a lot of crazy shit. We've been through it all. We've been through, you know, fights. We've been through, like, the best of times. We've experienced heartbreak and, you know, death together. And Yeah, that's another big reason why we're doing this podcast that we'd like to mention is we both had a really, really close friend when we were younger, and we lost him to suicide. And so not to take a dark turn, but it's really, really close to our hearts. It's really, really 
really important to us that young people, especially teenagers, like understand that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Your diagnosis or lack of diagnosis is not is not a death sentence. It doesn't have to be a death sentence. Absolutely. As someone that has BPD, which is borderline personality disorder, I have symptoms from collectively probably 10 different mental disorders. When I was in college, I really devoted my life to comedy and theater, and I was in a really great improv comedy troupe, which was a great outlet for my mental health. So I think something that I would like to segue into is the topic of body confidence and our past with eating disorders. So I'm going to remind everybody, um, I struggled probably for six years with anorexia. Every time a therapist diagnosed me, I quit that therapist and didn't really give a solid reason why to my parents or anything like that. I actually never got formal treatment for it. Whereas for your bulimia, you did get formal treatment. Yeah, I did. I I did. Um, So for me, I was a competitive volleyball player in high school and it was starting to affect my performance on the court. And I had made JV as a freshman, but I was at the point where I could just quit or just be an average volleyball player or push myself to be better. So I, after I was struggling, I was, I almost passed out one day at practice. I was, um, I remember like scarfing down this Big Mac after practice. I'm going to stop you right okay, there. We, we can't talk about triggering content. Okay, like you can't right. talk about how many times you throw okay, up okay. or something like that. Good call. Um, yeah. yeah. So, okay. Cut that part. Cut that part. But, um, yeah, it was, I was, it was at this pivotal moment where I said, I'm either going to get help as a 15 year old in high school and, you know, be an athlete, or I'm just going to fall into this. So I remember one night I was sobbing. I told my parents, there's, you know, something, there's something they need to know about me. And they kept prying. And finally we shared and this isn't an easy thing to do, but I was able to talk to my parents about it. And the first thing I did was seek treatment. And well, how, I know that a lot of our listeners are probably going to be really curious about this. So how did you go about having that conversation? Cause I'm sure it was really, really difficult to have. So how exactly did you do that? It really was. Um, it was something that I never wanted to talk to them about because it's, it's a common thing with bulimia. You don't, you, it's not, you can't tell all the time, you right. know, you don't lose a ton of weight. It's, it's more psychological. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm throwing up, but I'm, I'm not like seeing a bunch of results. It's all like kind of mental. Right. I remember I was dating this guy who I had opened up to about what I was going through and <laughs> He was kind of a jerk, and I don't think it was very well received. He was basically like, yeah, well, everyone has issues, you know? And I was like, okay, I know, right? And I just felt really hopeless and lost, and I was just sobbing one night, and I think my mom heard me, and, you know, this is a really, it was a really sensitive time, and, like, it's not easy talking to your parents about this, and I knew I had to, but it was really tough. And I'm close with my mom, but my parents and I would get in fights, too. We were... We had a we had a tumultuous mm-hmm. high school relationship. Um, so I finally said like you wouldn't understand like you don't know you know I was being very cryptic with what I was saying. My dad came in and we I was sobbing and I I just told him I just said you know I've been. Did you know the actual word like did you say you were bulimic or did you just say what you had been doing? I think I said what I had been doing because I didn't want to. I knew the word. Yeah. But I didn't want to say to my parents, I'm bulimic. Did you feel almost like, because with me, with my anorexia, I felt like an imposter within my own mental illness, you know? Like, I was almost like, people who have eating disorders, they can't control it, and I'm in control. And therefore, I don't have an eating disorder. 
Do you know what I mean? I'm snapping right now. You guys can't tell. That's what you do. That's what I did in like sorority is when you agree with something. Yes, absolutely. So often I was like, oh, this isn't real. Like I can just control this. Yeah, this you isn't can it. stop whenever you want. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, I'm just, or in my head, I think this might tie back into the OCD too. Like, oh, I'm just doing this for attention. Even though I wasn't yes. getting any attention. In my head, I'm like, oh, I'm just doing this to like, be a girl with an eating disorder, you know? Right, and that's how I think a lot of my followers feel all yeah. the time, is they think, they'll, they'll say to me, like, I feel like I'm just being dramatic, and I feel like I don't actually have an eating disorder, but the thing is, is you rarely realize you have an eating disorder until you're recovering from that eating disorder. That's when you realize that the lack of control that you actually had at the time, you Absolutely. know? Absolutely. They said, we're going to get some help right now. We're going to go. And I had a great eating disorder therapist and she really helped me. And she, we did like, um, what's it called? Art therapy. Oh yeah. I you know, too. Yeah. A lot of that. And that was Didn't really Didn't you have like a nutritionalist too? Yeah. I, immediately I got a therapist. I got a psychiatrist and then I had a nutritionalist. A nutritionist. Is that the right word? Nutritionist. I think that's nutritionist. A word. nutritionist. Did I say nutritionist? <laughs> Nutritional is a word, so I'm not. Gonna... In addition to recovering from anorexia, I have ADHD, and therefore I'm gonna make a lot of stupid mistakes throughout this podcast. Thank you. I think that's what's gonna make it fun. <laughs> Earlier today, actually, we went to the store, and uh, we were at the liquor store, and we were trying to get a couple drinks, and we were at the register, and the guy checked my ID. All of a sudden. He he like looked at me and like I realized that he had been talking to me for a minute and I was like what and he goes where in Florida are you from like I'm from Florida too and I just instantly go oh my god I am so sorry I have really bad ADHD I was spacing out and didn't hear a word you said I don't mean to be rude sir I'm really sorry and like that's a harsh reality is that I genuinely have to remind people that I'm not trying to be rude right I'm just a little off but seriously like so many and, and in addition to that like the fact that I'm so blunt and like honest mm-hmm. like people think I mean so many people think I'm a rude person yeah and like that's what I think a lot of my followers don't understand is that like they think I'm like the sweetest person ever because I spread all this positivity yeah. but like in reality the people that know me think I'm a bitch because I have like no social skills <laughs> see that's just that's an important part about who you are too it's like you do have social skills but you also have no filter and I think sometimes I have no filter too yeah but mostly when I've had a couple drinks (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's pretty much everyone yeah right I feel like when people hear that um someone's been to a psychiatric hospital like I still have such like fear of judgment from people when at the end of the day like if you've been to a psychiatric hospital whether it was through your own will or through somebody else having concern for you I think it's a really honestly brave thing to do and there should be no stigma around it like I think that everybody in my life everyone that I know even my boyfriend who is probably the most normal person I've ever met could benefit from the the things that I have personally learned in psychiatric hospitals. I wholeheartedly agree. My significant other has experienced, you know, throughout his life, pieces and parts of depression, and I'm sure he would have benefited from a therapist. My boyfriend did a therapy session with me. Um, It wasn't like, I wouldn't say a couple's therapy, but it was something I was struggling with that he wanted more insight on, and my therapist was able to talk him through, you know, what OCD means, and 
you know, how he should be handling it and dealing with it. And I think that's so important, whether you are experiencing those things or you've mental health issues throughout your life, or if your significant other is dealing with that, like it's important. And I do want to address, you know, if anybody, if anybody that knows me personally or in real life is listening to this and is kind of like feeling like they're starting to judge me about the stuff that I've gone through, about the fact that I have been, um, hospitalized in my youth for this kind of stuff, I want to remind you that honestly, it just makes me that much more like clear minded and strong of a person. I don't feel any shame anymore. And I'm honestly sick of feeling shame for things that I cannot and have never been able to control. And so I don't want any of the listeners to feel shame about that kind of stuff too. Like mental illness is nothing to be romanticized in the way that movies or TV shows like Skins, for example, do so, but it's definitely nothing to be ashamed of. And it's, if we keep putting this kind of shame on there, then people are never going to seek help because they're going to be too embarrassed to seek help. There should be no shame in wanting to better your mental health and seek out help. So with that being said, Clara, would you mind sharing with us your first experience at a psychiatric hospital? Yeah, of course. So the first time I got treatment at a psychiatric hospital was when I believe I was 15, pretty close to being 16. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, this is going to sound really stupid, but So everybody back in the day had a Tumblr and Tumblr was a really toxic place where people posted all kinds of toxic information about their eating disorders and whatnot. And I actually had a friend shout out, you know who you are. And actually they contacted my parents and my parents uh, confronted me and my parents were like, what is this? Like, what have you been doing? What have you been taking? And I just had a complete mental breakdown. And so they called my therapist and my therapist at the time was like, I think she needs to go to the hospital like right now. And so my parents drove me to um, Sarasota Psychiatric Hospital and I ended up staying there for a couple of days. And to be perfectly honest with you, and I stand by this statement, I do not in any way, shape or form want to romanticize mental illness or psychiatric hospitals, but I had a blast. Wow. I really had a blast there. Um, I met some of the coolest people that I have ever met, and I felt so safe. And just, I didn't, like, the way that it was is I didn't have my phone. I couldn't talk to anybody. I felt so relaxed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the only goal my entire time there was to search for my personal happiness and well-being. Let's talk more about that, because... I remember when this happened, but it was so long ago. I feel like we've never even delved into what happened in your experience there. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, I got there. It was pretty late at night. They stripped me down, um, searched for anything that might be forbidden, and then they put me in a room, and thankfully, the whole time I was there, I didn't have a roommate. And then I got woken up in the morning, and they're like, wake up. You have to take a shower. And I was like, what do you mean I have to take a shower? Like, what if I don't feel like taking a shower right now? What the fuck? Who the fuck are you to tell me that I have to take a shower right now? And they were like, no, like, you literally have to take a shower right now. Like, you don't have an option. And breakfast is in 10 minutes. And I was like, oh, well. And then they had us all line up outside of our doors. And this was my first time seeing other patients. And they just looked like badass like all the other patients just looked like cool people they were wearing normal clothes and I was in like a hospital gown because they confiscated my clothes (laughs) 
And I remember just being like, how scary can I be to these people? Like, should I start barking at them? <laughs> like, like how intimidating can I be? Will, will it freak them Please out? Please tell me you barked at someone. No, I didn't. I didn't. We'll probably have episodes, like, about each of our mental illnesses. Like, have a whole one dedicated to OCD, a whole one dedicated to ADHD. Like, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. So yeah. that we can really dive deep into these things. I had been with my eating disorder therapist. Um, she recognized that I had, you know, mild, I think mild depression, moderate anxiety. That's what she described. Um, and obviously I was bulimic. So she said moderate, <laughs> moderate. She anxiety. said, let's not, let's not call the anxiety mild. Today. <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Um, if you know my mom, then you, uh, <laughs> I love my mom. Don't get me wrong. I think we all kind of inherit certain traits from our parents, yeah. which isn't all bad and it isn't all good. You know, is that the For same? Sure. Isn't all did I say that right? I don't know, but I'm fucking hot. I'm hot too. Should I open the door? Well, should, the fan? So I got put on 10 milligrams of Herzac in software. Here's in software the thing year. though, is are we legally allowed to talk about this shit? I don't know. What do you mean? Well, like, it, would there be any like repercussions to how? talking about specific medication names and milligrams? I highly doubt it. Okay. No. How would we? It's just a, it's a, like that's be, be like I was talking about Coca-Cola or Pepsi, right? <laughs> Right? <laughs> yes, talking about Prozac is well, the same okay, thing as okay. talking about Coca-Cola. Like, okay, okay, but then, or, or like, um, Oxycontin, you know? Well, that would be a, probably a lot worse. Well, yeah, but, like, I just watched a, um, that opioid epidemic, like, documentary on Netflix. Okay. You know? Fast forward, what, eight years? I moved to Nashville, um, with my best friend lives here, and the love of my life, I'm moving in with my boyfriend, and I'm not happy, and clearly... It's a known fact that moving moving is a huge transitional, right. you know, thing in your life that often affects it's, your mental it's health. It's one of the top stressors for mental health, actually, believe it or not. It's right up near divorce and funerals. I believe it. Moving here, I just started, I kind of, we can get into this later, but I didn't, I was working from home for a bit, but I didn't leave the house for months. Like, it was horrible. I had fallen into this, like, hole, basically, and I, before I knew it, I was depressed, but I didn't even know I was depressed till. My therapist told me I was depressed. I just was... I didn't want to admit that I was depressed. Mm -hmm. I think that was the thing. I didn't want to... I thought I was, you know, too strong to be depressed. In my head, I was like, oh, I I dealt with my mental illness in high school. And, you know, I'm... It's over now. Yeah, I, I have a great relationship. Um, so I'm fine. But it's not. Just because you have the best relationship of the world doesn't mean you're not okay on the inside. Uh, yeah. Doesn't mean you're okay on the inside. That's what I meant to say. I wanted to discuss a specific subject with you today because part of OCD means you struggle a lot with intrusive thoughts. And so I was going to say that one of the really important things that I learned um, or have learned in my time getting treatment is to label thoughts as just thoughts. Like, a thought does not mean that that thought is true. A thought just means that it's a thought, and that's all it is, and that doesn't mean that there's any truth to it. I'm so glad you brought that up, because that has been one of the things I've struggled with the most, with, you know, coming to terms with the fact that I have OCD, which is fine, but it's just, there is so much stigma and misunderstanding behind what OCD is, because people just use it as an adjective, or they think it means to be super organized, or whatever, but it's just so much more, and it's something that really affects your life in every 
aspect all day long. Like, I know you've seen it with me through for as long as we've known each other, but intrusive thoughts, I think my OCD, at least in the past year, has manifested most through my intrusive thoughts. For example, I'm so happy in my relationship and I'll get intrusive thoughts questioning my relationship, questioning my feelings, questioning, you know, bringing up like toxic ex relationships, ex boyfriends, you know, and through my therapy, I have been taught to take a step back. Listen, this is just a thought. This isn't truth. This doesn't mean this is what you feel. You need to step back and and realize that thoughts aren't end-all, be-all. This is what I feel. That's so true, and I think especially with like people like me who may struggle with not intrusive thoughts, but just letting their thoughts like tumble into their feelings so quickly. It's kind of like, I have a lot of like paranoid thoughts sometimes, and I just have to remind myself when I have them, like, hey, this is just a thought. Just because you're an intelligent person doesn't mean that this thought is automatically the truth doesn't mean that this random person within this building is about to attack you you have to learn to separate your thoughts from your feelings essentially this is a lot easier said than done but i think the first step is just labeling your thought as a thought it's funny because we keep saying thought and now i just (laughs) for the first time thought about like a thought (laughs) what do you mean like a thought. A thought. It's a funny... Oh, like... Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy because one thing that I struggle with also is... We just talked about it before we started this. Because I so often... I'm trying so hard to talk slow right now. So often I talk so quickly because I'm trying to, I have like 17 things going on in my head at once and I'm trying to, you know, communicate them all at once and then it'll just come out like. Alright, so let's switch gears a little bit and start talking about how to get to a point with your body and your outward appearance to feel like a bad bitch. What was, like, the number one thing that you did to go from being insecure to, like, at the very least, decently confident? I stopped comparing myself. I was in a sorority in college, and there was a lot of pressure to Mm -hmm. look a certain way. I've always been a thicker girl, athletic, muscular person, and I, my whole life, I compared myself to, you know, my, like, the thin, popular girls. I still struggle with insecurities. I mm-hmm. still struggle with my body image, whether I'm, you know, I'm thinner now than I was before, but that doesn't mean I'm any more confident than I was when I was, like, yeah, a thicker I mean, person. Weight has absolutely nothing to do with it. It doesn't. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, like, maybe, maybe it would be good to, like, throughout this podcast even, like, talk about the kinds of encouragement and advice that I do give to people and like see maybe the long-term effect that it might even have on you. I feel like that would be like a really interesting thing to kind of like have your feedback. Like I'll be on the podcast and talking about like, Hey, do your morning affirmations. And then you could actually like do that shit and and, like talk about your experience and if it helps or not. We don't only want to help you guys. I want to help myself more. Right. Um, yes, I'm in therapy. Yes. I'm, you know, currently taking medication to support my therapy, but that doesn't mean I'm done with my self-work. It's never over. It's never over. We have so much remaining of our life. Yeah, I mean, don't forget, guys. Like, we are indeed gonna be mentally fucked for life. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But the 
progress is never over. And I think anybody that stops working on, like, their self-growth is, I mean, it's kind of just like, why are you stopping? Um, Just a slight intervention, by the way. If your thing in podcast is, like, extreme organization and, you know, the podcast being scripted, I do apologize. <laughs> that is not going to be our podcast. I mean... <laughs> With the ADHD and the OCD, it's going to be probably all over the place. We're going to be off the wall. We're raw-dogging it. We're kind of raw-dogging We're raw-dogging yeah. it. And with that, I think we should get started with some questions that um, we've received. So the first question says, how can I get over obsessing about calories? So you can give your input and then I'll give mine. Okay. Getting over obsessing about calories, I would just say stop counting them. Stop yeah. thinking about them. Yeah. That's like the first step. Yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, I do not look at calories. I avoid looking at calories at all costs. Um, and honestly, when I go to a restaurant and they have calories on the menu, I get pretty disgusted and it kind of ruins my whole day. So I would say definitely to stop obsessing over calories, just forget that calories even exist. The next question says, how to deal with specific insecurities? One way that I like to advise people to deal with insecurities is, like, really start seeing the beauty in your insecurity. So, like, for example, like, if you're really insecure about, like, the shape of your face, like, say you have, like, a diamond-shaped face or, like, whatever stupid name they gave your face shape, like, go on Google and, like, search up, like, celebrities with that face shape, and it'll show you some, I mean, insanely gorgeous people that look so similar to you. Each and every single one of you is so beautiful for how unique you are. The next question says, what is the hardest part of recovery? And then we have another question that said, what's the best part of recovery? So, hardest part of recovery. What was the hardest part of recovering from bulimia? I would say the hardest part was coming to terms with the fact that I had an eating disorder and that I had to tell my parents I have an eating disorder. I would say for me personally, the hardest part of recovery was probably actually eating. <laughs> I mean, it sounds fucked up. And like, I'm sorry if that's triggering, but we did put a content warning at the beginning of this. But I mean, God damn it, guys, I promise you it's worth it. So at that point... Let's go to the best part of recovery. The best part of recovery is reclaiming your fucking life. Holy shit. I remember in the peak of my eating disorder, I was like, I never want to recover because I'm so scared to gain weight. And now I'm like, not only do I look fucking fine as shit, but I feel fine as shit. Like, I actually am happy. Um, if I had to pick a best part, um, just because I am so, I'm so affected by my thoughts throughout the day and, you know, how obsessive they can be, it was not constantly obsessing about what I was putting into my body and what I was looking in the mirror. I was able to, my thoughts were able to take a break. <laughs> I thought you were about to say what I was putting into my body and what I was shitting out of my body. No, but um, I was able to, I wouldn't say think clearly, but I was able to not obsess over every single, you know, part of my, what I looked like and what I was putting into my body. I was able to maybe think about other things, Yeah, you know? All right. Well, with all of that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed our first episode. 
Um, I really look forward to talking more about this. I think next episode, we plan on going more in depth about our personal experiences and what it means to have OCD, what it means to have BPD or ADHD or all of that kind of stuff and like kind of how we're working through it right now. Yeah, um, this has been a lot of fun recording our first podcast. This is a learning experience for both of us and um, I think we're both going to learn a lot about each other more than we already know from the past 13 years. But I think this is a great learning experience for us as friends in this dealing with mental illness and to help other people understand where we've been and help them move forward with their struggles and mental health. Agreed. Thanks for listening to the first episode of Psych Ward. Make sure to go follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Psych Ward Podcast. Leave us a review unless it's a bad one. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast.